Welcome to episode four of Cold Weather Bats, the only podcast dedicated to amateur baseball within the great state of Michigan. I'm Brian Sikowski, joined as always by Brandon Justice, and we'll be diving into the travel ball world this week, something we really haven't gotten into all that much yet. And obviously, uh, with my job with Perfect Game and, and Brandon as a travel ball coach in the summers, this is something that's rather near and dear to our hearts, too. Uh, on today's show, we'll be talking with a couple travel ball legends within the state of Michigan. We'll be joined by Tony Leonard uh, from the Motor City Hit Dogs, and we'll be joined by Sean Gallagher from the Michigan Bulls, two guys who have had a long history of success running travel baseball programs, getting a ton of talent, developing players, sending guys on to college, sending guys on to pro ball, and we're excited for the conversations. Brandon, how are you this morning? I'm doing great, man. I'm doing great. And like you said, it is it is morning time. It's the Monday morning grind. Uh, we're excited to uh, give you guys episode four of Cold Weather Bats. Uh, you know, the show goes on. We're, we, people have largely enjoyed it, which we're pretty excited about. I think this episode will be one of the best uh, just because I think we have two really great personalities on here and two guys, like you said, who have played a large role in a lot of uh, student athletes currently and student athletes of the past. And student athletes of the future i'm sure as well with the michigan bulls and the motor city hit dogs two very recognizable names not just in michigan but nationally uh, as you know with perfect game and i as i know from playing against these teams for so many years and uh you know when i played and now when i coach and i uh, was really excited to have these two guys on uh and, and get their perspective on the summer ball scene there's so many so many narratives or so many um opinions differing opinions on the summer ball scene uh, excited to explore their opinions uh as well as sit here and babble a little bit between you and i and our opinions too definitely uh we'll get their opinions we'll get their sort of histories of their programs the the origin story so to speak uh, of each program we'll get them talking about some of their favorite stories some of their favorite players that have come through and uh obviously you and i will, will have our segment to kind of rap about how, how we see the, the travel ball world and uh, obviously we have a couple of unique perspectives given that. Uh, so without further ado, man, I, I think we're just going to jump right in and, and our first interview segment is uh, Tony Leonard from the Motor City Hit Dogs. Enjoy. Big segment here for our first interview of episode four of Cold Weather Bats. We're talking summer travel ball, the scene in Michigan, one that has uh, you know had a, a vast increase over the past decade, I would say. We're joined by Tony Leonard uh, from the Motor City Hit Dogs. Tony, how are you doing today, my friend? I'm doing wonderful, man. How are you guys? Oh, we're feeling great. We're excited to talk about yeah. some, some travel ball, something that uh, you, you've been at the forefront of for, for some years now. Obviously, you and I have some familiarity. I remember uh, yeah. the Macomb Mudhens, uh, one of you, you know, kind of where it all where it all sort of started, at least as much as I as far as I know. Um, but like yeah. we talked about pre-show, uh, we want to take we want to allow you to kind of take us through through the origins of what uh, you guys have built with the hit dogs and, and, and how that started. So take us through uh, the journey of getting to where you're sort of at now. Wow, yeah, that was that's crazy. You mentioned uh, mud hens. Wow, that that was uh, you know that was sixteen years ago, like sixteen, seventeen years ago, when I when my brother and I started that thing. We had I had one tryout, you know, back in '05, and it was crazy. It was like sixty kids showed up, and we picked a team, and you know, um, we went running from there, and you know, nobody um, at the time like. You know, there was hardly any indoor facilities going on. So I remember we were training at the hitting zone with um, Jimmy DeLiz. If you guys remember that name? 
from Chippewa Valley. His father owned John. I think John Deleuze owned a kidding sure. gun, it was called. We went and trained there, right? So yeah. anyway, we, you know, we built, I don't know, we built weird, we were the mud hens for maybe like four years, I think, three, four years. And how the hit dogs came about was John Salter um, had started the hit dog program. Um, him and Douche, I believe it was Douche that did with like Devin Ahart going way back, right? These guys that, that uh, you know, that, that played. And I don't know, we just, uh, you know, the mud hens and hit dogs were button heads for quite a while in the field, right? And I had a, my mud hens team was pretty stacked, right? You know, I had Mail Zone and Plummer and Zemus and Ryan Ray, all these dudes that were, you know, really, really good ball players. And I always pushed them and played them up, you know, a year up. So. All right. So we're back after a very classic cold weather bat Skype call dropping, uh, which is, uh, you know, something that we're completely used to nowadays. So we'll allow Tony to pick back up where we're right where he left off. Yep. I had my mud hens group. We ended up building, I think we had four teams by the time we ended up merging with uh, John Salter and, and his hit dog program. Um, it, it just, it was crazy. You guys remember the old Liberty park days, you know? Oh yeah. To run tournaments. Oh, yeah. We're crazy out there. Right. So I used to umpire all the time out there, man, when I was growing up. Oh yeah. <laughs> I miss that park, man. That was a great park. You know? No oh, yeah, that was great park. That was the standard for, for you know, those big, big ten U, eleven U, twelve U tournaments back in the day. Oh, my even God. up to like the thirteen U. Back when uh, and we talked about this last episode, I think, back when state championships were a little bit more meaningful and more fun, I think. Yep. Yep. You know, I remember that um, East Cobb Astros came in for an event there. Wow. I remember that they flew. Yes, they did. Right. They were trying to get their bid. Right. They came in. Yep. That's crazy. And now, um, now it's yes, hard to anyway, get anybody to cross yeah. Kentucky. <laughs> East Cobb doesn't leave East Cobb now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I get it. Right. I mean, geez, I wish we had that here. Huh? Yeah. Wouldn't that be nice? Oh, my goodness. Right. Yeah. So anyway, anyway, so, um, yeah, we just, you know, John, John came up to me one day. I had my 13 year old mud hens team. Um, I ended up beating him. We tied him one, one, uh, tournament and then in a, in a pool game. And then we played him. we played him in, um, semifinal down in Toledo. And I was the only under, under, te- uh, under each team at a 14 year old tournament at, you know, my 13 mud hens team. And we beat them. We beat them guys. And, um, all right, so we're back again, episode four. A couple drop calls. You just got to roll with the punches. Uh, as Coach Leonard says, it's the bottom of the second here. Uh, we're, we're, we're fighting through. We're, we're scrapping. Uh, you know, Tony, you were talking about Liberty Park, a little blast yep. from the past there. Uh, you know, East Cobb yeah. coming up north. Uh, how things, My how things have changed is a great way to put it. Um, so take us through uh, that. Tra- you were talking about that transition from, from the Mud Hens to the Hit Dogs, joining with Mr. Salter and, and, and all of that. Talk yep. about... I remember that team you had, uh, you know, you're talking, I think, Ryan Ray, you had Malzone, Zemus, Plummer, I think a guy named TJ Lake was on that team. That was, that was pretty darn good. Yes, he was, man. Uh, I remember that, that. And that was that state championship when back when those things had some meaning and you guys went through and won, I believe, six in a row. So talk about that team. I think, don't get me I, I could be wrong here, but I believe that was kind of your first real elite uh, team that you got to see through through graduation. So take us through that and uh, yep. what has culminated since then. Yeah, that was, that was those were fun times, man. You know, um, it was a lot of fun. They had some great teams, right? That team was really good. And it, it's just changed, right? I mean, there's, 
there's you know more teams there's more tournaments to attend um competition's gotten you know much better kids are getting great training you know um it's fun man it's still i'm still having fun doing it after all this time it's uh it's fun it's a good time so coach the, do you uh, or, yeah go ahead brandon Sorry, oh, brian all, all you brother all you <laughs> see as you can see it's still the bottom of the second here in terms of our flow into the program on uh on Cold Weather Bats episode four. But but anyways, yes, Coach, I, I would love for you to kind of like off the top of your head, just without even really putting a lot of thought into it, like give me the first couple names or the first couple years that jump into mind as far as guys who are mud hens, guys who are hit dogs, like, you know, maybe not your favorite players, but some of the best memories you have. Of, of like my hit dog players, you mean? Is that what you mean? Yeah, hit the, or mud hens, yeah, whichever ones, yeah. Well, I mean, listen, my, you know, Plummer was a joy, right? I mean, he was, he was an awesome, awesome baseball player. There was another kid that we had on my Mud Hens team was from Louisville, Trey Fulton. You guys, I don't know if you remember that, but I do. He probably was one. You do remember him? He was, to me, to this day still, he was probably one of the best youth players that, that I've, I've coached. He, he was phenomenal. That kid was unbelievable. And he had moxie, you know, he had swag in a good way. You know, he'd roll in, he'd roll in on a Friday to the tournament. And it was just like, you could feel, you could feel the energy from the other guys, you know, the Zemuses, the plumbers. It was like, okay, we got Trey. We're good. You know, um, he was phenomenal. And, and, and then guys like I, you know, like Roop and thought, even though, um, you know, we played against him a lot. He was, you know, what a competitor, man. Not just on the mound either. That dude, I mean, he was a different bird when he took the mound. He wanted to, you know, he was after you. He wanted to put you down. Um, he was fun to watch. Malzone was a great player. Um, man, a lot of good dudes, man. A lot of good guys. Yeah, I vivid. Obviously, we both know, you know, Alex Malzone went on to play football, but I remember vividly back when he was, and we were, I think he was a year younger than me, but age wise, we played in the same group. And so you go back to when you're talking like 14U, 15U, 16U, probably on up until 18U. I mean, he. Like he dominated, I think. And I think uh, I learned something a few days ago from a guy I know who said, you're a Division One baseball player if you dominate your field. And if you're not dominating, then you're probably yeah. not Division One material. And Alex Malzone dominated from the time he was 10 until the time he, you know, decided to go on and play football. Even at Rice, you know, he was still packed in the oh middle of that God. lineup. And that's what, that was a phenomenal lineup. Yep. And, yeah, I mean, he was, he was a yeah. ball player, man. A he was, let me tell you something. He came to me at 11, and can I tell you this quick story about him, what I'll never forget? Absolutely. Real quick, we, 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 we were down playing um, a World Series event right down in Florida, and um, I had just, I added, I added um, uh, Alex Melzone to, um, and Kyle Randick, if you remember that name, yep, to, yeah. oh, my, yeah. to, the, to the team, right? And it was like two weeks beforehand that we were practicing. And I remember Louis Perinella, guys, concealed security. You guys remember him? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? Right? Um, so he was telling me about this trick play. We know Louis loved those trick plays, right? Yeah, he did. And nobody ran him better than Louis, man. Nobody ran him better than Louis. So we're down. He, t- he tells me this play, right? It's, you know, and it's got to fall perfectly with a, you know, got to have a runner at third base, two strikes on the batter, right? One out or zero out. And you got to hope to strike out strike out the hitter right catcher pops up 
acts like we struck out the side, right? We were not the side, but struck out the batter. We got three outs. He rolls the ball to second base, right? Towards second. Everybody comes crashing home, right? Left field goes to third. Um, second base, second base starts to come in. Right fielder is running in, right? And first base goes towards the catcher spot, right? Okay, catcher retreats back to home. What you're hoping for is that runner and the coach to think that we think it's the third out, right? And he's going to mm-hmm. book home. So we're we're in a we're in a dogfight, man, with Banditos, and they they brought a kid with them that played a year up, and he was phenomenal. Malzone pitched for me that game. It was I believe it was a two to one or one to nothing game, and we had to pull him. He reached his limit, man. We were done. Put in another guy in the mound. Malzone goes to third. Right, we get this situation. Runner at third, two strikes. He calls timeout. We we get two quick strikes, and I looked at my brother Scott, and I'm like, "Dang, man, what's he doing?" He was like, "I ah, just let him go, man." You know, they were eleven, right? Go back to their spot. Next pitch, we strike the guy out. Our catcher jumps, pops up, rolls the ball out. Me and my brother start screaming, "Oh no, buddy!" They ran that play. They ran the play that I showed them two weeks before practice. They fooled me, and we showed them. <laughs> I'm not kidding you, right? So we get the guy at home. We hose them at home for the third out. You know who called that play? Malzone. 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 Cerebral players, man. Unbelievable at 11 years old. Guys, he fooled me. I showed him. I showed him the play, and he fooled me. By the time I processed it, once we picked up the ball, I'm like, son of a gun, man. Unbelievable, you know? And uh, I knew then that he was something special. And let me tell you, when he has a family and kids, he's going to be one hell of a coach because that dude, is, um, his mind works like a coach. He's, uh, he was unreal at, at 11 and just got better and better and better. That's my ex- Alex Mayo's own story. Pretty good one. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and you think about that. And we uh, won that game. Hey, and we won that game on a walk-off home run by Randick. <laughs> we end up coming up the next inning. Yeah, if that guy scores, you know, who knows what happens. But we end up winning that game on a walk-off. No joke. Wow. Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. that's great. So uh, yeah. let, let, let's shift over to, to today's travel baseball scene. Obviously, mm-hmm. uh, a lot has changed. Uh, I think, oh, yeah. and from my perspective, from my perspective, uh, the team that you had that you just spoke about, that was really like, as a coach for you and then as an organization for the hit dogs, the older that team got, that was when you guys really started to cement yourself as some longevity with being one of the premier programs in the state. And since then, so many, 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 many things have changed, obviously not just for you guys, but for all of us. Uh, and, but I I don't think there's many people out there besides maybe you. And I can mention a name like Rick Goff or maybe even Dishman who have been able to really see it all the way through and see these things evolve all the way through from the jump when travel ball first started to become a more widespread thing. So talk about the changes that you've seen, uh, the differences, both maybe good and bad uh, between now and then, you know, I, I don't, I don't know if there's so much bad, you know, um, I, I think the let me go with the good. The good is, is that these kids now are getting training, uh, like they've never had before. You know, um, we were doing stuff back then that I don't think any of the coaches at the time were, you know, were utilizing or, or, um, you know, just being, um, aggressive, like, you know, we were, and I think that's why, you know, we did so well, um, 
it, now it's like, it's it just, there's just a lot of training. And I would hate to, honestly, I'd hate to be a parent in this, in this era right now, because I don't know, you know, who do you go with? You've got so many programs offering so much training and, you know, how do you know which one is right? Which one is not, which one's fluff, which one's not, you know what I mean? Like, um, I don't know. It, it just, I, I think it's a good thing though, that, that the, the training is just stepped up, you know, immensely and these kids and it shows because it shows because, you know, we are able to go down South and now we are able to beat these teams. We're not, we're not just hoping to compete, you know, guys, you know, back then it was like, you know, we were hoping to go down and go 500. Now we're hoping to go down and win. And, um, you know, we've done that. Right. And I, I, I correlate that to the training that's going on. Um, for one, the parents dedication to, you know, paying the money to get the training cause it's all not cheap, you know? Um, so I think that's the good thing. Um, the bad thing, the bad thing I'll say is, you know, this in sport, just all sports is it's becoming a, you know, like a year round thing, right? You know, these guys that play hockey, you know, it's brutal for them to play travel baseball because, you know, their baseball coaches want them at baseball, but yet, you know, Hey, they're playing a winter sport and that should take precedent. You know, um, that would be about the bad that I would think is that there's a lot of pressure on, on these kids nowadays instead of, um, just concentrating on one sport like we did, you know, when baseball season was baseball, we, that's all we concentrated on football was football right? Basketball was basketball. And then if you played hockey, it was hockey season. We didn't have to worry about, you know, going to baseball practice two or three nights a week or pitching training or, you know, catcher's training. We didn't, we didn't have that, you know? Um, and that would be, that would, I think would be the bad thing, I guess, if that's, you know, you could consider it good or bad, I guess. But, um, that's the one thing I would say that would be the, would be negative is what's going on. Coach, to your point about training and, and the, the sort of advent of that being offered as a corollary to playing for your travel ball program. Like I can only speak in terms of the micro example I see of like, I coach with Matt Petrie at St. Mary's. That's, you know, something we've talked about on the show already and our guys, you know, we, we do stuff in the off season as much as we can per MHSAA regulations, et cetera, et cetera. But our guys are, are coming to us in the early spring significantly better than they were the previous summer and you know there's really nowhere to point to obviously the kid's doing the work himself so you give the kid credit but there's real they're they're doing the training with their travel ball programs they're coming to us and saying yeah i work out four nights a week with with the hit dogs at the hit dogs facility or you know take your pick of the other ones we're not being biased here but you know it's it's they do they do prime time or whatever it is and they come back better and they come back ready to compete and they come back ready to play baseball and i take a look back to you know i didn't play high level baseball i wasn't real good at baseball but just thinking back 12 13 years whenever it was i was in high school and it was you know i got done with wrestling and then we had 2 weeks before baseball season and that was the first time i would have picked up a bat you know and maybe it was different for players who were way better than I was at the time. I'm sure it was. But, like, my point is, like you said with the year-round training, man, like, it's – those dudes come back way better, whereas not too long ago it was like, okay, now it's baseball season. Now I can get better at baseball. And I, I'm definitely fascinated by that sort of process now. 
I agree. I mean, I agree. Like, like I said, you know, it's a, you know, it's a double-edged sword. I know for myself, like for, for my teams that I coach, I know that, you know, if my, if I got players that wrestle or play hockey, you know, I don't give them any stink about it. All I say to them is, Hey, just make sure you're getting your work in. Right. We got a facility that's 24 seven to our guys. They got the key to the front door. So if they want to go there at midnight or one in the morning, they can do that. That's all I ask. I don't ever tell any of them. I want them to play other sports. You want an you want an all of, all around athlete, you know, and it keeps them um, keeps them fresh. You know, it keeps them fresh that they want to play the game. When it starts to become a chore, you're in trouble. You know, you might as well pack it in. That kid's done, and uh, that's what you're trying not to do, right? Definitely, definitely, um, Coach. Moving on a little bit from that, just to, just to keep us rolling here, can you kind of take us through? you guys' process when it comes to college placement? Like, how much do you see the travel club being involved in that sort of thing, given an individual player, whether that's a kid who's committing to Michigan as a freshman or a kid who's committing to Adrian as a senior, whatever it is. Like, is there sort of a structure in place for how you guys do that? Is it a kid-by-kid thing? Like, you know, I'd really love to hear your perspective on that. Wow. Well... Listen, I live on my phone probably like you guys do, right? It's, um, <laughs> I mean, honestly, like, you know, um, you know, I'm on vacation right now and I'm on the phone talking baseball, right? It's just what we do, right? You know, um, and that's what that's what we do. You know, um, I don't want to just talk about program, but I'm sure everybody, I, I would think a lot of other people are like this too. Myself, you know, I got Devin Conklin, um, my brother, you know, we're always, you know, sending videos, you know, to, to uh, the recruiting coordinators with our guys, like I'm sure, you know, every other program here does. I would, I would, I would think so. Um, you know, I'll get DM'd a lot, you know, um, like coach Schnabel actually from Michigan just DM'd me with, uh, Saturday. I was at universal studios and he was, uh, asking about one of our players, you know, it's just, uh, it's a never ending thing. You just, you know, you're, you're trying to promote your players and trying to get them into the right school that fits them. And hopefully they're, they have an interest, you know? Yeah. And yep. my question uh, in that regard is something that I've, and you and I, like you just said, you know, we, but we all live in our phones here, all three of us. Um, oh yeah. For various reasons. Uh, I have this, I guess, unique perspective where um, obviously you're associate scout now for the Detroit Tigers, which is awesome. And, you know, hopefully yeah, earned. So you. congratulations on that. Yeah. Um, thank and you. then thank for you. myself, you know, I, I coach in the college drinks and then I'm, so I'm recruiting there. And then I'm also still yep. coaching with Arsenal and I find it to be, uh, you know, my responsibility yep. to continue to do the things that you just mentioned, just continuing to promote my players, whether it's you know, I, I'm never putting my school at the forefront of what I'm doing for Arsenal. And then conversely, I'm never putting Arsenal at the forefront of what I'm doing for Saginaw. So uh, that that perspective is a little bit different. Right. Um, so so yep. the question I have for you and, and what I've learned or I guess what I've gathered is how important fit is uh, for for a recruit and, and for a player of ours um, who when we're trying to get him somewhere. So this is, you know, one of those things where. I find that a lot of kids are like, I want to go here. I want to go blank. And it's like, how much do you know about blank? Uh, where yeah. do you fit in there? How do you size up to their roster? Are you realistically going to go there and do something? Uh, let's take a 100%. step back. So, so talk about your evaluations when you're going through that with fit and how important that is with, with each individual. 
Listen, that's huge. And it, it um, Ronick, you bring that up, right? When we were at the convention last year in Nashville, I got to sit down with uh, Toledo coaches, right? Um, pitching coach and then Ryan Shea, who's from Michigan. Remember him? You remember him? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Who could forget? Yeah. And listen, um, I'm drawing a blank on the name of the pitching coach there. But um, anyway, we were talking. We, we It was like two hours, man. We were just talking baseball. You know, time flies by, right? And he was like, you know, he made a comment to me. And I, I, I put it in my memory bank and, you know, didn't forget it. And this is what I pass along to my, my players, too. And I tell him, hey, he says, you know, when you reach out to us, you know, look up the program. Look up the program, you know. Uh, look up who the hitting coach is, the pitching coach, you know, blah, 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 et cetera, right? He's like, just don't send me a video and hopefully I respond or, you know, you know, right. because when I, if I do talk to you, I want to know what, what, what homework did you do to find out about our program? Or are you just sending videos out, you know? Yep. So in, in, in saying that, it's just what you said, right? You need to, these players need to find Pick the colleges. You know, I tell them pick five of them, right? Find five colleges that you really want to go to. Then get into it. Get into, you know, how many freshmen, sophomores they have, um, you know, at your position, right? Find out the roster size. Find out the fall roster size, right, how they do it. Um, You know, you need to find find the fit. Brandon, you said it right. You need to find the fit for you, you know. Um, Everybody wants to, you know, play for Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State, right? but you might not be a fit there. And right. there's plenty of guys without naming any of them, right? Guys, we know them mm-hmm. that go on to big schools, you know, and they end up leaving in less than a year. They're gone. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, they didn't do their homework. They didn't do their homework, right? Exactly. Exactly. You know, and, um, and you're completely right in that regard. Um, because a lot of kids really, uh, they, they see logos. They don't see, they don't see campuses. Yes. They don't see structures. They don't see, uh, you know, practice plans yes. or roster sizes, like you mentioned, which you're completely right. I'll let you yes. continue, but I had to say that's that's completely right. Yeah, and I don't know. I, I I'm not quite sure why they wouldn't. You know, I don't know if they're afraid to ask. You know, there's nothing wrong with asking. You know, if you're in, if you're talking to you know, let's say you Saginaw Valley, right? And they ask. There's nothing wrong with asking. Hey, what's your fall roster size? You know, I don't know if they think like if I ask these questions, they're not going to want me or be interested in me. But that's that's far from the truth. You know, the more questions you ask, the better. They want somebody that um, you know is sharp and and wants to play at their at their school, not just get the offer, right? So if you take the time and research it, then they know on their end that hey, this guy's serious. He he's he's looked into our school. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. hundred yeah. percent. And I think that that's, uh, that's becoming, thankfully, I think that's becoming far more well-known within the organizations that truly care about college placement beyond just brands. And I think that that's something that you guys do really well. I think there's yeah. a bunch of organizations that do it really well. I think we're lucky to be yeah. in a state that has, um, grown so much within, uh, you know, good college placement organizations. The competition is getting uh, far more fluid, and which is extremely exciting. So, uh, Tony, we had a little bit. We had a little bit of a hiccup. <laughs> we had a couple yeah, uh, yeah. mound, we, a couple it's mound okay. visits. 
couple commercial breaks. Yeah, uh, yeah. that's right. But we were we man, I was the bullpen guys. We were good yeah. though. We put the starter in. <laughs> yeah, it was like it was like major league. Like it was like the major league movie. Right? This is this is the end though. You know, we won the World Series. It's all good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, stuff, man, man, you guys are doing a great job. Hey, I love the podcast, man. Um, from the first one I heard to to the last one I just listened to, it's good stuff. And you guys are doing a great job. And glad that uh, glad you're doing this for our state of Michigan, man. Tony, last question for you. Um, Joe Mooney would like for me to ask you who the best oh, no. youth oh, who no. the best youth <laughs> coach the Hit Dogs organization has ever had, and why is it him? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, hey, hey, so, okay, so I got to answer the question, right? Yes, sir. He didn't win a natty, bro. He didn't win. He didn't win a natty. <laughs> Tony Leonard did. He didn't win one. <laughs> he didn't win it. Tony won it with a twelve-man roster. Figure that one out, huh? <laughs> That's my answer to Coach Moon. He's awesome, man. Joe's a great guy. Joe's oh, a great absolutely. guy. Let me tell you, um, you know, without him, we would never have had the original facility that uh, that we have. Um, all on him, man. He he got there for us, and um, I'm forever indebted to him for that. Um, super dude. Tony, we appreciate you coming on, yeah. man. Where can everyone find you on Twitter? I love your at name. I just want to hear it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Baseball crazy, man. <laughs> and it's That's true. What it is. True words have never been it's spoken. True, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's true. You know. Listen, well, we, I do have a regular job. I work a forty-hour week at Chrysler, and then you know, baseball's uh, my other job. So I got to be easy to love it to, to put the hours that I do in. So oh yeah, you absolutely have to love it. Uh, me. Absolutely, yeah. Tony. We appreciate you coming on, man. I uh, can't wait to see you on the summer scene this thanks, year, guys, and uh, seeing you around yeah. here soon. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. Great job, man. Welcome into the Brian and Brandon portion of the podcast hour uh it's brian sikowski joined as always uh, by brandon justice although you heard that already in the intro anyways we are in between segments here we just got done talking to tony leonard and we're excited to share that interview with you and we're excited for you to hear our interview with sean gallagher which will play after this segment but brandon and i want to take a few minutes to to sort of talk amongst ourselves as far as the travel ball world goes um as we've said we, we both have perspective on that given that Brandon coaches in it and my work with Perfect Game keeps me around that world uh, on a relatively constant basis obviously so yeah I mean Brandon we've heard from Tony Uh, the listeners are going to hear from Sean here shortly and I I really like the the dynamics that they brought to the table especially from like a player dev and from like a college placement perspective, like the the philosophies that they take into those things, and and we talked about it before the show just a couple of days ago, even in show prep, talking about how we wanted this segment to be sort of like a like a praise chorus in some respect of how travel ball has evolved into that. You know, we can talk the negatives of travel ball all we want, and I think they're kind of common knowledge what we think they are, but like the way that travel ball has become a player development system more so than just here's my boys I play with on Tuesday nights in the summer. You know, like I'm really, really a fan of that. And I think that to the point of this entire podcast is highlighting the the talent of Michigan amateur baseball. That's a big reason why. 
Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Uh, player dev has become the centerpiece of what makes an organization, uh, like I said with Yoder about to hear, I think, uh, with what I said with Sean Gallagher and, and the Bulls, is just longevity. Longevity, authenticity, it, it goes a long way. And when you have a, a lot of these travel organizations are extremely good now. And I feel like, Probably, I don't know, eight years ago, you would probably say, oh, these travel programs are, are just this. They're just that. There's a little bit of back and forth from high school coaches with travel coaches. But nowadays, it, it seems to be a pretty, pretty well gone about system. It's like, hey, he we can only do four mans in high school. So we completely uh, are OK with our guys being developed by their travel programs a lot of times high school coaches are reaching out to head uh, travel programs about hey i got a guy uh, he's not a travel guy yet uh, I, I do believe he fits your organization etc cetera, etc cetera. um so there's a lot more i don't know i guess common ground really and understanding among the the uh the baseball scene that travel baseball is extremely beneficial if your goal is to get to the next level uh and in michigan specifically it has become extremely good extremely talented uh fluid there's a lot of a lot of good teams uh sean touches on a little bit tony touched on a little bit um but you know let's shout, I, I gotta shout out a few organizations right now i think obviously uh the bulls and the hit dogs who are both on this show are great diamonds in, in grand rapids holding it down uh one of the one of the best organizations there is i think in the midwest right there uh obviously i coach with arsenal and for me personally i i feel that we do a very good job of everything i won't harp too much on it um but i i do believe we're up there as well um there's tons of great programs there's tons of teams i think uh southwest oakland warriors wow they're just this they have one age group i believe but they've been playing together for 10 12 years now uh and, and they're one of those teams that's like even our local team even the local teams are showing up and, and are really talented top to bottom south oakland days have had a really long uh list of success and college commitments and i think uh coach lally's doing a great job with that team so just so many good organizations out there right now so many good teams uh little caesars i can't 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 sit here and forget them little caesars is a great organization um currently i work at lakeside indoor and we have lakeside baseball club and i'm trying to build that up to be a better youth organization i i'll be honest we're probably not where we want to be just yet but we're certainly i'm learning from what these guys have done at the youth level and developmental wise to try and grow towards that toward, to grow towards that you know that ceiling that all these guys have created so what a great time to to be involved with it um obviously i think that this episode is interesting because you and i both have, as you said have completely different perspectives on it you from a scouting perspective you're you're in the stands uh, but you're also coaching high school whereas i uh, am coaching the travel scene and then go on to recruit from the college scene so it's, it's very unique so talk about your perspective from the stands i, I want to hear what it's like for you because i've never actually you know the only people i've talked to that have watched travel games are parents and as much as i love parents sometimes a lot of times you know that perspective is not extremely authentic you know a lot of times they're telling you telling you what you want to hear to be quite honest so i want to hear from your perspective from the stands what what you have really gathered from the travel baseball scene in michigan and you being down south so much you know compare that to the south yeah man it's like when i first started scouting like way back in the day you know like when i was just a like a first year like summer part-time not even really a scout guy with perfect game. Like I remember getting so jacked up when like a team from Michigan would happen to be on my field. Like, Oh man, I get the Kalamazoo Maroons today. Or like, Oh yes, I get a hit dogs team today or like whatever it was. Cause you know, I didn't see them very much. It's not that they weren't there. It was just, you know, like I didn't see them a lot. Um, and now it's like, and 
I'll give the hit dogs credit again. And, and obviously I work for Matt Petrie at, at St. Mary's, but the hit dogs teams that he coached specifically over the course of the last four or five years or whatever, like the difference between what that ended as versus like what I recall when I was starting my career is vastly different. Like Matt's bringing dudes down that the scouts are loading up to watch. You know, he's got Schwellenbach on his team. He's got Logan Wood pitching. He's got Dylan Karg playing. And, and Alex Mooney was a hit dog. And Plummer back in the day was a hit dog. And, and so on and so forth. And um, just from the perspective of, like, just strictly evaluation, like, you know, we don't care as much, like, what team it is or where you're from or who you are, like, et cetera, et cetera, like, who your parents are, how nice your uniforms are, if you have a bus or not. Like, I don't care, man. Like, do you have good players? Are you going to play them today? Dope. I will be sitting there watching. Thanks. Because, like, that's my job as an evaluator. But at the same time, I work for Perfect Game. Our relationships with travel clubs are our backbone, are our lifeblood. So for me, being from Michigan, wanting to see good players but also build relationships with these clubs in my backyard and build relationships with these teams that that I grew up playing against or hearing about or watching or whatever it may be um, that's that's so cool to see the development of that that's so cool to see the the player development path come through with that and so cool to see the the advent of Michigan is like a, a, a year-round baseball hotbed even if a lot of the years or even if a lot of the years spent inside. Um, but seeing that sort of dynamic is is something really special, really exciting for me to watch. Um, but yeah, man, like it, it's it's kind of a different dynamic because like scouting, right? Like you're you're a college coach, you're me who works for Perfect Game, you're you're a pro scout, whatever it is. Like you really do most of your scouting of high school players in the summer and fall, like on the travel ball circuit. Um, that's where you're getting underclass looks if you want to start a year in advance. Like that's where you're you're really building the profile of a kid uh, is on that summer circuit, is on that travel ball circuit. It's at Perfect Game National, and then in Jupiter and WWA in July, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and so, like the high school season at that point sort of almost takes a second, like takes a back seat. Now, obviously. I, just speaking in terms of the two guys in Michigan this year, uh, St. Mary's has, has Alex Mooney and obviously Lido's out on the west side and, and Ottenbright at Trenton and, and several others throughout the state. Those games that those guys play in are going to be loaded with scouts. But the reason why is because of what those dudes did on the travel ball circuit last summer. Like the reason why Micah Ottenbright's going to have 50 scouts at his starts is because he was so good playing travel ball. Is because he was good in front of scouts and made a name for himself on the travel ball circuit, and, and like that. So I think there's a there's a kind of an interesting little dynamic there of like how one feeds the other, you know. And so and it's like you talked about earlier in the show how as high school coaches, like we can't do a ton with guys in the off season. You could do four on ones at certain times of the year and like some unofficial like four on one BP in the fall or, or this past year, obviously we we're able to have full practices given COVID. Um, but it, but in a normal year, it's you, we wait until the first day of tryouts to kind of see how a lot of these guys have progressed. And 10 years ago versus now it's night and day. It's these guys are coming into the St. Mary's tryout and, and on the first day of tryouts in March and like, 
oh, whoa, like, look at what this dude's done. Look at how strong this sophomore's gotten and how much velo he's added or, or how better the swing looks or how much more athletic he is. And like, credit to the kid because he did that work. But a lot of the times it's because he's involved in a year-round travel program, a year-round player dev program. And that was something that, quite frankly, like, didn't exist a whole lot, even as, even as short as 10 years ago. Yeah, I mean, it, it's something that it was, or I'll say this, like I, I stopped playing in, I think, 13, 13 or 14. And, uh, you know, it was around then. Travel ball was really, though, it was really the hit dogs, the bulls and, and, pre, and diamonds, but pretty much everyone else. Whereas now there is a far more, uh, I think Tony brought this up with the facilities, just like how many more facilities there are now, how many more teams have access to technology that wasn't there before, how many more teams, um, you know, are more comfortable with bringing in players outside of their area, whereas a lot of what was before was a lot more area based stuff. You kind of had to know someone to get on the team. The tryouts were like, hey, 50 people show up and we'll take the 12 we already knew we were going to take kind of. I mean, hey, not to not to say anything bad, but those things did happen. Uh, Whereas nowadays it is far more about like, okay, is this guy does this guy have upside? Is is there something we can do with this guy developmentally? We have we have a long time to do it. And then when the high school when high school comes and as you know I have some experience coaching high school as well before I went over to Saginaw so I was at Wyandotte before and then Trent before that and you know as a coaching staff you're really like okay hey these are the guys we've seen at four mans these are the guys we've heard from these are the guys who played sports that we might have not like they're playing hoops they're playing football so we might have not seen them as frequently as we want but we're totally comfortable knowing that they're coming in in shape uh and then like you said there's the guys who you you don't write down you don't think about who show up and you're like whoa that guy got a lot better all right um now don't get me wrong that that's more few and far in between because uh you know i didn't coach at an i didn't coach at an orchard lake <laughs> and there's probably not a lot of people that do um but regardless the the amount of talent that kind of shocks you nowadays because of the travel programs it's it's pretty evident you know uh it's because well we'll put it this way i think there's a lot of high school programs yours especially uh probably a couple more too uh probably a bunch who without the limitations of a four-man type scene would be able to concentrate a lot more on their own develop uh, development of their players but a lot of these guys not so much uh rely on but i would say lean on these travel programs and stay in touch with the travel coaches because these travel coaches have way more accessibility to the players in the off season. And as we know, the off season is what makes the real season. Uh, and regardless, regardless of what it, what it used to be and what it is now, where it's at now is just, I think it's great. I think it's fantastic. Um, I, I think we asked both Sean and Tony, Hey, if there are any cons, what are they? And they were both just like, yeah, and there's not many, if, if at all, uh, it's really just a, a really good environment, a competitive environment of facilitative environment development development is taking precedence and and that's really good that's i think that means um we're doing the right things i think as 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 travel ball this as a travel ball scene in michigan i think everyone's really doing the right things right now uh for the most part and it's it's kind of like we talked about um with coach cure from uh lansing on last podcast about how like the importance of like adopting something like driveline, but having somebody who knows what they're doing adapted for you. Like it's kind of that, but expanded upon. 
Um, you know, like we, and I, I'm just going to use us at St. Mary's as an example because it's the one I'm most familiar with. But the expectation is that the kid comes back to us in the spring better than he was when he left the previous year. You know what I mean? Like, hey, do you want to play for this program in the spring at the varsity level and, and be on what I hope is, again, one of the best teams in the state? The expectation is that you work and get better. Now, to have the travel ball clubs in place in the state who have that developmental capability, who are really good coaches, who understand like lifting and biomechanics and the new tech of baseball and all of those things combined, like those players don't get as better as they do without those people existing. So like it's kind of a, a, a double thing, like a, a double-edged sword there of like, yeah, sword's the wrong word, but it's a, it's a two-sided coin. Like the players have to get better on their own. We expect for them to do that because we can't be hands-on for so much of the year. But, you know, those players have that in, internal drive and like kind of the culture or whatever it is, and, and you'd find that at every top program in the country uh, of wanting to get themselves better. But unless they have the access to do it, unless they have the access to, to the coaches who can take them through progressive development systems like that, it doesn't happen. So, like, I, it's just such a wonderful, wonderful, like, mishmash and, and like amalgamation of, you know, we want our players to get better. Travel ball clubs want their players to get better. They have more access. Players buy in. And all of a sudden, the high school teams in the state are better. The travel ball teams in the state are better. These guys are going on to become better college baseball players at whatever level they go to. They're ready quicker to play at the college level than maybe they've ever been. And it's just it's a great, great time of, of, of amateur baseball in the state of Michigan. Yeah, and I think that the one thing that needs to be said before we wrap this up and go into Coach Gallagher is really, if you're a player and you're listening to this right now, uh, a lot of this, a lot of this comes down to you. I will say because when people ask me, and this is not at all to be like a tooted horn thing whatsoever. This is 100% honest truth. When a player comes to me and he's like, "Hey, I want to play for Arsenal because I want to get to the next level." I'm like, okay, then what are you going to do? Because all of the guys who have come before you and all of the guys who have put on that uniform, and you know, we've got, I think, over the past five years, like 35 Division I commitments and something around like 30 more at the other levels on top of five MLB draft picks who I cannot take credit for by any means. I say to them, they did that because they did that. They made those things happen. They were accepting of the the small failures and created those into long-term success. They did not let one rep affect the next rep. Those guys had moxie. Those guys had mental makeup. Those guys had ability. By all means, they had ability, but those guys had, had hard work and they didn't make excuses. They just pushed forward and pushed forward and pushed forward. And so many other organizations will probably say the same thing where it's like, hey, we can't take credit for what the guys who put that uniform on that went on to do the things they did. They take credit for that. They made those things happen. So don't come to me and ask me, what can Arsenal do for you? Ask the guys who were with your organization before, not just Arsenal, Arsenal, Hit Dogs, Bulls, Diamonds, Caesars, whatever it may be. Ask guys who went on to do great things within those organizations, what did you do? What did you do? And sure, I'm happy to I'm happy to share stories of guys who who have gone on to play college ball or who have gone on to, you know, make it into maybe a professional organization or what have you and, and share their work ethic. But you the biggest misconception is that travel organizations 
will immediately make you this. You have to make yourself that. That is on you. Like you, Unfortunately, in this game, not unfortunately, but in this game, you have to grow up a little bit quicker. Okay, If you want to be a Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three, JUCO, NAI, whatever it is, if you want to be at that next level playing any sport, you've got to grow up a little bit. You've got to, you've got to sacrifice some Friday nights. You've got to sacrifice some Sunday mornings. You've got, to, you've got to do things that you know most young adults don't want to do. If you want to coast along and, and you know have some have some fun more than more than work hard, then you're probably going to go be a student. And there's nothing wrong with that. But accept that early on. Don't try to uh, you know don't try to create a false narrative. Is my is my is my best advice. It's it's it truly truly it's on these players. And when uh, whenever it comes down to things like that, when people ask like, oh, how have you guys sent you know X player to, to X school? It's like no, that player got there. That player said, "This is these are the schools I'm looking at. These are the schools I want to go to." And if those schools didn't talk to him, it wasn't a chasing of that school. It wasn't like, "Oh no, I'm only going to go there, and I'm going to I'm going to ignore all my other offers." It was, "What is the best opportunity for me? What makes the most sense for me, logically, emotionally, all those things." Uh, and those guys made it happen. So if you're a player and you're listening to this, at the end of the day, you got to make it happen. At the end of the day, it's on you. That's that's my best advice. I think travel organizations are phenomenal, and they put you in a, a fantastic position to succeed but half the battle is you wanting that organizations and coaches can present opportunity they can present like positive energy like settings they can present connections even you know like we've talked about with both these guys like that you know we all know college coaches and they all ask us for our opinions on players that's something that that happens like that's not a, a secret or anything so so that is is definitely a, a like a positive of, of the environment but at the same time man like if you don't go in and work these dudes aren't going to put their name on you like the the reason you know we talked to we talked to Tony and the reason that um, coach Schnabel at Michigan calls him and asks him for his opinion on players is because Tony has not lied to him Tony has told him the truth about guys and said, yeah, this is a dude for you. Or no, you know what? This guy is not. And, and that's because of, of the, the work that the player that we're talking about has put in. So it's when we've talked about this a bunch in the show, man, it's opportunity. It's, it's, we're providing opportunities. These programs are providing opportunities for players, but it's the player who has to take advantage of it or not. And it's the player who ultimately decides where he ends up or not. All right, well, hey, with that, I think there's no better time to segue right into uh, Coach Gallagher from the Bulls. Can't wait for you guys to hear from Sean on his perspective. Uh, and we will continue this, this travel ball special episode. All right, we are joined by Sean Gallagher of the Michigan Bulls for our uh, next travel ball segment. Real excited to have him on. Sean, known you for quite a while. I think our origin story is pretty hilarious. I was a 15U, 15U baseball player who thought he was, or I'm sorry, I was a 16U baseball player who decided to go to a 15U tryout because I forgot that I had turned 16, I guess. Um, so that was great. Uh, that's how we met. Uh, and, and the story goes on. Obviously we've, we've met, uh, at this point, things are a little bit different. Uh, really appreciate you coming on, man. You are one of the best in my opinion. So how you doing, dude? I'm good, man. I appreciate you guys having me on. It's a pretty cool thing you guys are doing here. And, uh, I I think people are going to get a lot out of this. Um, but yeah, our, our, origin story for sure is uh is hilarious that was i remember <laughs> that that was that was pretty funny it's like yeah man um you know looks good let's let's do this thing oh wait you are not 15 years old <laughs> <laughs> it was it was so, like 
I, I'll never forget. And for me, it was different because I think it was a little bit, you probably saw millions of me, um, but I had really only yeah. seen one of you. So uh, it was yeah. funny for me because I, I, it was pretty memorable for me because for, for one thing, I felt pretty stupid for quite a while, which was my own doing. But uh, in that same vein, it was funny just because I remember the look in your eyes when I told you and I was like, oh, shit, I'm yeah. 16. And oh, you, yeah, were, you were like a, like a deer in headlights. Like, what do we do here? And now I think about it oh, as as a travel coach now, I'm like, what if a kid did that to me? I would be dumbfounded. I don't even know what yeah. I would say. <laughs> it was just, yeah. I, I would say it, it's a lot less now. Like that doesn't happen too much now, but it did used to happen a little bit. Like you had when travel ball was first starting up, you had people were very confused on like the age cutoffs and the May 1st date and like all that stuff. So uh, don't feel too bad. You weren't, you weren't <laughs> the only one. And we're lucky now it goes a little bit by classes. We get we get a little bit more, uh, yeah. gets gets a little bit uh, dumbed down a little bit with that. So uh, we'll, we'll kick you off here. I, I got a great question for you, I think. Uh, obviously, the, the origins of what was bullpen baseball, still is bullpen baseball, um, but also the Michigan Bulls. Um, obviously, your dad, uh, it's a family-oriented environment, kind of always has been. A big reason why yep. I always I always liked it and always looked up to you guys as an organization. Uh, talk about how things started, uh, and then when when you started to kind of take take a big uh, big hand in things, and then how it's gotten to where it's at now. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, and that that's the probably the coolest part of this whole thing is that I've been able to do it with my dad uh, all these years. So working working together with family is always you know you always butt heads, but uh, I'm very blessed to be able to do that. But um, started back back in the 90s, and uh, really when I was about 14 years old, we're playing ball, and my dad starts putting together some, some like killer teams. So he started up the Michigan Bulls. Uh, 1996 was the first like main year. Uh, we were we were together in 95, but that was uh, the Bloomfield Bulls, and we were we were okay. It was like a 13, 14 year old group, but uh, in 96 he put together a 14 year old team with. Uh, just a, a bunch of studs, like all all around us. It was Dave Barkles and Anthony Tomey, and I mean, you could go down the list. And um, so we we all played together, and and we added to the team, of course, over the next four years. And we played up through 18U and did some really cool stuff. Got to go to uh, the County Mac World Series um, down in Farmington, New Mexico, which was definitely one of the highlights um, of my playing time. And uh, from there, when we got, I got into college, uh, we kept it going. We played in the Livonia Cape and, you know, had the college team going for the next, like, four years. And then my dad got together with Jeff Jones um, and started the academy. And he did that right, right as I was finishing up college. So it was, it was kind of cool where I, I went to school planning on just, like, going into business, you know, or whatever that was going to be. And, um, and we had this academy all of a sudden um, with Jeff Jones and Kenny Howell, who uh, unfortunately has, has passed, but um, was with the Dodgers, Bruce Fields, of course, everybody knows. And so we were working there. And for me, I just kind of um, said, let's give this whole thing a, a, a try. You know, let, let's try to just have my job be, you know, instructing baseball, coaching teams, um, you know, uh, doing lessons and doing all that kind of stuff. So the first three years from like, I'd say, you know, maybe 2005 to 2007, uh, we just, we had our college team, uh, that my dad coached and I, I helped him with. 
Uh, we did a lot of lessons, and we were just trying to fill up the facility with, you know, outside teams, South Farmington Blues, NFWB Cobras, like all those guys. Mm-hmm. And then uh, in 2007, we kind of got sick of doing that. We wanted to, like, do our own thing. And, and so we started adding all the youth teams back in. And, um, and to be honest, it was like a little even rough at first, you know, trying to figure out how to do it, how to do it financially, um, and, and make it work. But, uh, since then, since 2007, we, uh, you know, the big part of what we've done has been our bulls organization. And so we've just kind of taken that really over the last, um, what is that? Maybe 14 years, something like that with, with all the teams and, you know, as we went, we, I think really the big thing that's, you know, brought our program up to a, to a high level besides, you know, just having really good players is, uh, is the coaches that we have in here. So we got guys like Bobby Martin, um, in here. He's a, he's a downriver guy from Allen park. And, uh, I mean, Bobby's awesome. Like we're always learning from each other. Um, you know, can't say enough good things about him. Guys like Brad Gunther, uh, who's the head coach over at, um, over at Heartland and uh, JC Juan Carlos Sanchez, um, and you know the list goes on. So you know that's kind of kind of how we, we got where we are right now. You know, Coach, I'm gonna I'm not able to like really recall a lot of the the segments we've talked about travel ball before because I kind of stopped playing it like midway through high school when I realized I really wasn't all that good at baseball. <laughs> Pick that back up. I'll stop you right there. I was kind of the same way like as a younger kid right so from like nine to like 14 years old like I wasn't very good and when my dad put all these really good players around me that probably is what has led me to doing what I'm doing now because like I had to figure it out (laughs) because there was a bunch of studs all all around and and I had to get a lot better you know so that was you know sorry I actually meant to mention that but that that was a definite driving force in what we're doing now is I had to learn. I had to learn how to be good and I had to get around some coaches to, to really develop. But anyway, go ahead. Keep going there, Brian. No, it's fine. I, and so all I was going to say is like, this isn't really even a question. It was, uh, I can recall being 12, maybe it was like 11, 12, 13, one of those summers, whatever. It was one of my final years playing travel ball. And I was playing with some like nonsense team out of Don river and the Michigan Bulls came and played us at some, like, church field in, like, New Boston, right? And I remember Matt Chittister hitting a ball into the woods that was the furthest ball maybe I've ever seen hit to this day, especially through the eyes of a 12-year-old. And I would played junior football with Matt. Like, we both played for the Dearborn Heights Raiders. Um, so I knew him a little bit, but, like, 15 years. And I can distinctly recall playing third base and laughing at, like, oh, that ball, no chance. Like, no, no one's catching that damn thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's not landing <laughs> for sure, man. <laughs> now, this is, uh, it's, it's funny, you know, the stories and, and the memories that you have from all the stuff. I was even – you know, just thinking back of some of our teams, you know, back in the past, you know, kind of getting ready to do this and just even looking back at some old rosters and it's like, man, you know, there's a bunch, bunch of studs <laughs> for sure. So, uh, Sean, um, I think yeah. that something that I just continue to learn from watching all the organizations in Michigan is how important two things are, authenticity and continuity. Uh, something that you guys, I think, 
shine a light on extremely well. Uh, so talk about the priorities that you guys try to instill within your organization and how that's helped you guys to keep this longevity. Yeah, I mean, we, you know, it's, the big thing that we're, you know, kind of in it for is um, we really like, we take a lot of pride in, in what we teach and how we train kids and, and how we develop kids. Um, and, you know, we're working hard. Like, the the thing that kind of, I think, again, makes makes our program pretty good is just all the, the passionate players and the passionate coaches and, and honestly, the passionate uh, parents because you got to have them for sure. Um, but we, um, we take a lot of pride and we put a lot of effort into it. Our kids put a lot of effort and a lot of time uh, into what they're doing and trying to get to the next level. And so we're just trying to, you know, match that and help them, you know, help them the best, the best that we can, you know, and um, it's been a blast, man. You know, we're, we're still learning and, um, you know, you make a lot of really good friends all along the way, you know, from, you know, you guys to all the coaches that we've coached against. And, uh, you know, it's, it's very cool. It's a, it's a cool baseball community. You know, it's definitely, definitely a small world. Coach, we asked uh, Coach Leonard the same question from the Hit Dogs and that we'll ask you. Can you kind of take us through, you know, maybe not a step-by-step process, but maybe your, your sort of overall philosophy when it comes to something like college placement? Like how are you matching guys with schools and, and talking to schools about guys? And, and we talked a little bit before the program about a player you're trying to place right now. And, and how does fit come into play there? How does realistic expectation come into play there? We'd just love to get your perspective on it. Yep, yep. It's uh, Yeah, great question. Um, definitely – you know, comes down to fit number, you know, number one, like fit, it can be different for all kinds of different guys. Right. So we're not just talking, um, ability level fit, you know, we're talking, you know, what size of school fit, how far away from home, you know, some guys want to stay closer to home. Some guys want to go, you know, um, they want to be an hour away. Some guys want to go down South. Um, but, but the first thing, you know, that we tell our guys and, and I want, you know, any, any coaches, parents, players, you know, listening is, is you've got to be good enough to get recruited number one. Right. So, you know, I think nowadays with social media and how much all the recruitment stuff is out there, all the D one stuff, and we've got a ton of really good high end players in Michigan. Um, I heard you guys talking about all the, you know, the players that are going to sec schools and ACC schools. And, and, and that's awesome. Like the talent level in general is, is very high, but um, but you get, you gotta be good enough, you know, to get there. And some guys, um, are just like naturally gifted and, you know, their recruitment might start, you know, when they're in eighth, ninth grade, you know, and, and those are some of the guys that are going to go to some of those big power five schools. Not that you can't have a, a little bit later recruitment start, um, you know, obviously for those schools, but I think that that's number one is, is developing, and getting stronger and getting faster and developing your skills. Um, and then, and then you've got to get in front of the coaches. Um, you know, obviously this past year, it was very difficult to get in front of coaches. So video and, and whatnot became very important. And, you know, coaches just talking, us just talking to the, to the colleges for the kids, um, and kind of vouching for them and, you know, talking about their character and all that kind of stuff that, that doesn't really come through, uh, on video, right. On video, you can see if the kid has like the, you know, baseline, you know, set of skills, if he's good enough, but it's hard to see how he interacts, um, 
you know, with teammates during the game, um, what happens when things get bad, uh, you know, how mentally tough are you, all that kind of stuff. And then, you know, the showcasing's, you know, very important. I'll even, um, you know, I think Aaron Wilson's done a great job with PBR, you know, through the state, really getting guys' names out there. And, um, you know, I also tell the kids, like, if they have specific schools that they really want to go to, you know, a, a good idea there, too, is, is going to camps and, and getting – specifically around those those um those schools and those coaches but uh from from our standpoint you know we're here to just uh promote the players and be as honest as we possibly can with coaches so if we pump a kid up you know too much and he goes to school and you know it's not what we said it was going to be um you know that that's not a good look on us and and coaches aren't going to take us seriously from that standpoint so uh it's been a lot of just developing relationships with um with the college coaches um you know all around the state and and all around the region and um you know really a lot of good friendships have come out of that as well so um that's pretty much how we we try to go go about it but number one is you know you've got to be in the cage working <laughs> for sure and you got to be in the weight room getting stronger coach i'm so happy you brought up the uh the relationship building as being such a key part of that especially in a year like this and i'm so with you man like and it's not to spend time talking about myself but like with my job it's similar you know it's who can i trust who gives me good information on players and then is you know like i'm not going to find out if you're lying to me like i'm not like these coaches aren't going to find out if if you're lying to them and there's so much importance and there's so much weight placed on the word of somebody you trust especially someone in your position who you got the players man you know them you've seen them you see them every day why wouldn't we ask or why wouldn't coaches ask of course they do but so then, like, for you, and it's not really a quantifiable thing. You know, you can't say, like, you can't make a social media graphic and say, like, well, the Power Five schools in the Midwest trust the Michigan Bulls at 86%. Like, that's not a thing you can do. So it's not something that gets talked about. But it is something that's vital to the recruitment process. And like we said, especially in a year like this where coaches couldn't go see these guys, they got to call you and say, hey, man. We trust you. What do you got? And, like, that's such a huge piece. I'm so happy you brought that up. Oh, yeah. And, and it started, I mean, like, one of the first guys that I started working, you know, really, you know, developing a, a really good relationship with. When I So when I was younger, starting off coaching, like, that is even, like, a little bit of an intimidating thing, you know, to begin with, is developing all these relationships. But one of the first Oh, yeah, it is. Oh, you know, one, one, yeah, for sure, Brandon, right? And um, But one of the first guys, you know, that I developed a really good relationship with was Hope and, and Coach Jaxa, who obviously, mm-hmm. uh, you, you know, you've been with and coached with, um, you know, for a long time. And um, there was a point, I remember my dad, we had a kid, and, and this even goes back, like, forget COVID, like, sometimes kids kind of slip through a little better. Some, sometimes kids, you know, make some big jumps or, you know, really show out you know, at a point where a coach maybe can't get out and see him. Uh, I remember, you know, my dad talking about Nick Regner. I don't know if you remember mm. Nick. Um, Superstar. Central. Yes. Oh, man. And uh, he was not heavily recruited. And uh, <laughs> my dad's words were, you just got to take him. And if he doesn't work out, never take another guy for me. You know, like sometimes, sometimes you just, you know, kind of put yourself out there for these guys in that, in that, situation and uh it worked out for nick for sure and his brother was really good too logan 
Yeah. His brother was ridiculously good. His brother was, uh, man, one of the best athletes um, that that I've seen, and he was recruited. <laughs> he was recruited yeah. for the Nick for sure. And, uh, oh, man, Logan, he'd hit a ground ball. I remember he hit a ground ball at first base, you know, as a left-handed hitter. And there were times, like, if the first baseman was playing too deep, he would literally beat out that ground ball to the first base yep. and just beat him to the bag. It was it was pretty pretty special. My uh, when I was finishing up my degree at Central, I was the undergrad assistant there for a couple of years, and the uh, the Regners were. This was 2012 and 2013, so it was like Nick later in his career and Logan was early in his career, um, and obviously some really good some really good CMU teams there. But yeah, man, like I just wanted to to further that comment. Like those guys were fun to watch play. And I got to see him every day. It was really fun. Oh, yeah, no doubt. They're, they're, they're awesome. <laughs> no doubt about it. So, Sean, as we've spoke about a couple of times uh, with this talk, is just the longevity of, uh, of, of your, uh, your tenure here in, in college, or just in travel baseball as well as the Bulls. Mm-hmm. So you've seen a lot. Uh, you've seen the, the forefront of travel baseball, the scene, uh, how it's evolved. Uh, talk about some of the things that you've liked about this, and if there's some cons to what's happened over the past over the past decade or so. Talk about those too. But I just really want to hear your perspective because yours is yours and your father's both extremely unique because you've seen really the entire evolution of what it's become from back in the '90s until now. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's uh, I don't I don't hard to pick out a con. You know, to be honest, it's just the the evolution of what's going on and, and specifically uh, up here in the North, it, it just continues to get stronger. Like when I was playing and when I first started coaching, actually one of my big motivations, you know, was like, I, I thought that we could play with the guys down South, you know? So when I was playing, you didn't have a lot of teams necessarily traveling a ton or, you know, from up here, we'd go down and, and play the East Cobbs and, you know, play the Midland Redskins and not that they're, well, they're from all over the country, but, um, you know, and so I always thought that we, the kids from the North, you know, at least at the highest level, were good enough, you know, to compete and, and beat the guys from the South. And I think over the years, it, it's just gotten, you know, stronger and stronger and stronger up here with all the different, you know, organizations, uh, coming together. Uh, I know you had Tony on, um, on this episode, you know, when, when they came together from the mud hens, you know, and kind of merged with the hit dogs like that, that was, that was huge for the state. Um, you know, that's attracted a ton of really good talent and, um, you got a lot, a lot of great programs all over the place. Diamonds, um, you know, with Billy Peterson, like that's a guy you guys need to get on here. I would think at some point, um, you know, so I, just no, no cons in my mind, just, just increased competition. Everybody's working harder. Uh, to be able to compete and and I think you see that even just kind of bleeding through in the just the high school teams you know here in the state um, you know when again back kind of in the day you know we, there was definitely really good teams we talked about that Catholic Central team you know from 99 and you know all all the great teams all the way up through but I think it just continues to get continues to get stronger and you know you're not going to get better if you're not playing against you know really good competition so you know, you used to have to leave the state almost, you know, to, to play top end competition. And, and not, now you don't, there's a, there's a lot of really good teams and a lot of really good programs, um, developing guys. So it's been yeah, great. I, it's been awesome. Yeah. I mean, Keep Hey, on our toes, you know, iron sharpens iron for sure. Yes. Iron sharpens <laughs> iron right there. 
Absolutely. So, Sean, we really appreciate you coming on, man. I think, uh, like I said from the jump, uh, pre-show before we even started recording was that our, our goal is to try and just, you know, educate whoever is listening from, from player to coach to parent, uh, whatever it may be, uh, even exposure wise, whatever we can do to, to help out this state, because I think you covered it really well. There is a ton of talent in this state. There is a lot of really good coaching in this state. There's a lot of really good travel organizations in this state, high school programs. Um, and it's starting to become something that's more commonly known that Michigan really is rising up the ranks. Uh, but the good thing that I think that I think I think I like most is that we're we've never really been in this to be like, hey, we, we want to be told we're better than all those other states. We've just played the game. And we've let it yeah. all kind of culminate into its own. And, 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 you know, the state has gotten to this point by simply working. And I think it's just that's that that's that indoor training throughout the winter. That's that grit that that kind of builds that, um, you know, that that appreciation for finally being able to play outside. That's that first game with snowflakes, you know, uh, it's yeah. that's the beauty of it. And I think that's oh, why a lot of us go ahead. Yeah. And, and it's it's the, it's the off season is huge up here. You know, like we. We all have we all we all have these facilities. Like we have a great facility. I know the Hit Dogs has awesome facility. Um, you know the stuff that we can get done in the winter is huge. I was listening to your interview with Mooney, and and that's what he's talking about. You know, is you know the the northern bats like you know are strong because we're in there working. I love having the the reset of the off season. Now, don't get me wrong. I, I would love to have you know warm weather all year round okay that would be great but um with our <laughs> situations up here i think the, the kids in michigan are just taking advantage of that opportunity you know that they have in the off season to get better so it's pretty pretty cool all right sean we uh we really appreciate you having you on man i look forward to uh seeing you this summer uh hopefully it's a as always a best man a best man win scenario <laughs> yes sir no i'm looking forward to it and I, I really appreciate you guys having me on all right brother take it easy thanks sean And that'll just about do it for episode four of Cold Weather Bats, our first foray into the travel ball world. Uh, had fantastic conversations with Tony Leonard from the Hit Dogs and Sean Gallagher from the Bulls, uh, two longtime stalwarts in, in the travel ball scene within the state. We're looking forward to expanding beyond Metro Detroit with this. We're looking forward to eventually talking to Billy Peterson from the Diamonds out on the west side. Uh, we're looking forward to, to really kind of expanding this in future episodes. And that's the, the nice thing about this, man, is there is no end game here. You know, there is no like, well, we got six episodes left and then we got to bang it. This is going to go on for as long as y'all want to listen to it or until one of us gets sick of the other one, which I've heard happens in podcasts. But right now, Brandon and I still like each other, so we're going to keep rolling with it. Yeah, the, chem the chemistry is pretty fluid, I think, so far. And I think you make a great point. Uh, you know, there, there's tons of opportunity to bring in more guests. Uh, obviously, they, uh, Sean brought up Billy independently. We talked about, uh, you know, how, how great of a respected organization Diamonds is uh, pre-show and, and even this week leading up to it. So uh, if, you're a, if you're a travel coach out there and you're listening or you're a travel player or travel parent and you have a recommendation for someone for us to bring on even you know it could be a high school coach college coach whatever it is uh just let us know uh we have so much uh such a high ceiling with this so many things we can do uh with like you said the longevity of this is completely dependent on how long we want it to get how long we're allowed to take it on for so uh we really appreciate you guys tuning in uh for another great week of cold weather bats 
You can follow the show on Twitter at Cold Weather Bats. Uh, we do like engaging with you guys on social media. I'd imagine that uh, we'll have Instagram in the mix at some point. Um, we have some pretty exciting stuff to announce in the coming weeks. Uh, I know we've, we've touched on it. We will be doing some sort of merchandise. Uh, we're not time. entirely sure. Yeah, we're not entirely sure, like exactly what or in what quantity yet because we're still unsure of kind of how it'll do um but we're figuring that out we're, we're talking to some folks we're getting some designs uh, i know brandon put something out on the cold weather bets twitter not too long ago with a little logo mock-up on a hat that was pretty dope um so yeah follow us on twitter at cold weather bats we love interacting with you guys let us know what you want to hear who should we have on should we do more thematic episodes? Like, should we have a D3 week and a D2 week and et cetera, et cetera? What do you guys want to hear? Uh, we're, we're in the process of workshopping future episodes right now, and, and we think we have a couple good ideas, but we definitely want to hear from the listeners. And, and most importantly, thank you for listening. Thank you for giving us an outlet by which to to sort of uh, keep going with our, our baseball obsession, to keep going with our Michigander obsession. And, uh, you can follow me on Twitter at B underscore Sikowski underscore PG. You can follow Brandon on Twitter at Coach underscore B Justice. We will talk to you guys next week. Thanks for, uh, thanks for listening, and have yourselves a good week.